0: Hey, this is Billy Earhart, and you're watching Picking It Out with Andrew Pope, my good friend. Hope you enjoy it. It's another podcast. It's
1: just called Picking It Out. It's another podcast, y'all. Picking it out. Ain't no telling what kind of shit we're gonna talk about, cause we got the one and only Billy E in the house. <laughs> and we're gonna be picking it out. Hey, y'all. Well, 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 here we are again. My name's Andrew Pope, and you're watching Picking It Out. Appreciate y'all continuing to watch the show here. Been having a lot of fun with this. Gonna have a lot of fun today with old buddy of mine. Uh, this guy is an original member of the Amazing Rhythm Aces. He played for over 20 years, I think 21 years, as uh, part of Hank Jr.'s Bama Band. And he just a uh, uh, he played on my first record that we did it. Thank you for whoever's sh- screaming down the road there. Uh, <laughs> he played on my first record, Here We Go, that we recorded at Jeff Cook's uh, Cook Sound in Fort Payne. Alabama he's played live with me before uh and uh glad to have him on here Mr. Billy Earhart what's going on man
0: hey Andrew
1: man it's good to to see you up in here good to see you again even if it's on a screen I've seen you through a screen most of my life really (laughs) now I come to think of it
0: well it's good to see you man and uh I was digging that little intro song there. You'll have to cut that.
1: Yeah, I might. Might cut it with a butter knife if I can find a sharp enough one. you're uh, talking about all the shows you've been doing, and uh, you said like 60-something shows you've done since all this.
0: Oh, no, no. Uh, more than that. Man. Uh, I've been last, uh, the last year, well, it was about the middle of May after they opened back up mm-hmm. a year ago, 11 months ago, whenever it was, it was after the two month, uh, shut of everything. Then Mississippi opened back up about the middle of May last year. And luckily, uh, they have been doing uh, three or four, four or five shows every week. Man. Somewhere around here in Mississippi, around the Tupelo area, Muscle Shoals, Clarksdale. That's Memphis, good. Somewhere over here, but uh, mainly in Mississippi. Cause they, they opened everything up pretty good over here. And I, I got a friend, uh, uh, several friends that will hire me. You know, I was thankful that you let me play with you several times and record your first record, but I've got three or four other ones over here that, that work when they can. And so I've been blessed to have some work. A lot of people hadn't had any work. With this pandemic going
1: on, yeah. Well, but, uh, I ain't had any. I did one show last year, so that's why I started this podcast. Really, the main reason. Uh, but it's it's been fun. It's different for me. I kind of, you know, I tell people I'm not really an interviewer. I'm just a singer and songwriter guitar slinger or whatever but it's kind of like really being just having conversations with friends of mine that we'd normally have they're just recorded is the only difference i don't know i would i would say that i kind of i have asked a little more questions to people that i wouldn't normally ask uh that i think people would be interested in or maybe they hadn't talked about so much or something like that but
0: it's, yeah i hear you it's well, been I, fun i'd do the same thing if i had one going i'd want to find out some things that people might be curious about that yeah don't talk about much yeah
1: uh and i mean you've been uh me I mean you've talked about st- stuff before but uh, you've been probably i mean when when you was with the amazing rhythm aces uh y'all went all over the world pretty early on, like in the seventies, didn't you?
0: yeah, yeah, uh actually, I did that job forty six years mm. we uh we took a few little breaks in there. Our lead singer Russell Smith died two years ago, but he had a solo uh record deal and had two or three albums going and then he had uh run c and w he did two or three albums with them with uh Bernie ledden that was in the eagles and jim photoglow and some other songwriters kind of a comedy bluegrass uh versions of soul songs huh uh but uh The aces started about 73 and, uh, just two years ago, the singer died. So we won't be doing that anymore, but we're real proud to have just released a double live album that we recorded in Germany 20 years ago that this, uh, company, uh, wanted to put out as a tribute to Russell. And it was actually, it was a radio show in uh, uh 2000 or 2001 i think in uh bremen germany and it recorded really good and uh when it came on the radio in germany a lot of people recorded it and then it kind of got bootlegged around for 20 years so a lot of people already had it but the the uh Radio station that owned the rights to it uh, wanted to put it out to, as a tribute to Russell and. That's but cool. But we had uh, twenty five albums over that uh, forty six years. That's a lot of great song. Russell's a heck of a songwriter. And,
1: yeah, he is. That's what I was gonna say. He's he's underrated, I think, as a songwriter. Um, I mean, I know he does get credit. But I think he's, I think he's underrated. Uh, he wrote some great songs, and the uh, the Grammy that y'all won was for "The End Is Not In Sight," wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was in uh, '76.
1: That's a great cut too on that. I love that we song. Win.
0: We almost won it the year before for uh, Third Great Romance," which was a bigger hit, mm-hmm. and we were nominated but it was nominated as a uh, best new artist and they gave it to, uh, a gal, Sheena Easton or some kind of a pop artist, I think. Yeah. But, uh, that was cool. It was nice to be nominated and we didn't think much of it back then, back in them days. We were so wild that it was just kind of party, party, party. We didn't really care about, uh, yeah. Grammy awards but uh it, it means a lot now looking back at it it didn't uh didn't so much then but
1: yeah well hopefully you you didn't party hard enough that you can't remember some of the some of the good times you know i mean me and you oh, talked yeah, about yeah, some. yeah but- we
0: we partied as hard as you could possibly party <laughs> so i've forgotten a few of them but I still remember quite a few good ones. We, we had a lot of good times and, uh, I got to play for, uh, several presidents and, uh, go on tour with Bill Murray and Bill Murray back in when his on to to Australia for a couple of weeks. That was a blast
1: that went his on Saturday night live.
0: Yeah, yeah. In fact, he got us on that show in 1980. Uh, And uh, we just did a whole bunch of stuff. Got to open for the Eagles on the long run tour. And we did a big Jimmy Buffett tour of Margaritaville in 76 for honored dates and Willie and Waylon and back in the mid-70s and. We had a ball, that's for sure. Then uh, then went into Bluesville. Uh, Russell wanted to do a little solo thing, and we took a break, and everybody kind of, uh, me and the bass player, started working with uh, uh, some blues artists around um, Memphis and Al Green and Rufus Thomas and uh, doing a lot of recording with different people and, then the Bo Cephas job came up, and that was another whole level of craziness. So we, <laughs> we've we been lucky to have a lot of work last uh, 50-something years, you know. So I, I can't complain. That's- well, you know,
1: we are just talking about Bill Murray. I, he, for some reason, I don't know. He must just be like a huge music fan in general. Because he's done some he's kind of he's went an extra mile for a lot of a lot of musicians, a lot of groups. Uh, I heard weird stories like um, when uh, Chris Stapleton was with the steel drivers. He right. they were playing this little theater in um, uh, where is it He lives in South Carolina, I think Charleston or something and he went out there and bought every ticket. And stood out there and handed them to people. Said, keep your money f- to buy a t shirt or something, you know. Bought all the tickets. And I've and
0: heard about that.
1: He He's kind of been that
0: several times for several different people, I think.
1: He, that's, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, he's, uh, real cool. He's, I've heard, you know, a lot of my friends are buddies with him. I've never met him. Um, but, He's, he seems like he's just a big music fan in general. So even back then before really he was that well-known like he is now to do, to do that, like, how did y'all end up with him, touring with him?
0: Well, um, he was doing a movie about Hunter S Thompson, who's a writer He used to, he started with Rolling Stone and wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and, bunch of books about getting high and drinking and politics and crazy yeah. wild stuff. Anyway, uh, Hunter Thompson's a character and they've, they've made several movies of him. Johnny Depp did one and his was actually the best more like Hunter. Uh, Bill Murray made him too comical. He wasn't Hunter wasn't really comical. Uh, but anyway, uh, Bill was doing this movie and Hunter was a friend of ours. We used to party with him in Colorado out there, Woody Creek where he lived. And, uh, he, uh, he had on a ACEs tour jacket and Bill Murray wasn't familiar with us too much. And he, he Hunter turned him on to us and played him some stuff and, you few uh, select cuts over uh, four or five albums. And uh, he became a huge fan and went uh, after filming the movie, he went back for the new season, 1980, and he told them, uh, I got to get the amazing rhythm aces on this week. Wow. And uh, Lauren Michaels, the producer said, we've already got music scheduled he says i don't care they're they're coming on the show <laughs> he said it'll I, even if it's the first time we've had we have two musical acts i want them on the show and he fought for us that hard wow to where there was that's the only show they ever had two bands they had a canadian folk singer bruce coburn or Cockburn, I forgot what how you say his last name, a good uh, folk singer, Canadian guy, he was scheduled, and they brought us in at the, like right the week before the deal, and we did uh, Third Rate Romance, and uh, Who Was the Next Fool Be? They had, uh, in the house band, they had David Sanborn playing sax, and he played sax with us, and Then Bill got up there and played Maracas on Third Great Romance with us. And uh, they got huge ratings because of it. They liked it, and uh, we kind of befriended him, and he started coming to a few shows, and we said, man, go to Australia with us if you got, you know, get a little break. And, damn, he just showed up. (laughs) He was, we were there in the motel in Australia, got just got there. And then the next thing he's knocking on the door, you know, he, wow. he just came on his own to hang out.
2: Yeah.
0: I paid his own way and everything and and did like a whole week tour with us. And Man. nobody knew who he was over in Australia. Yeah. He was doing all the, uh, uh those different characters that he did. And, dated
1: they just thought he was crazy you know yeah it was a mess but uh he uh i've heard all kinds of stories like that it's i didn't know it went that far back with him but that's that's really cool uh because people didn't even really like you said didn't even know who he was especially probably over there i mean in the states they probably did from snl but uh for yeah, him, they that-
0: definitely did then because he had been on it for five years yeah it was 1980 but uh they 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 were a little bit behind in australia back then because they didn't even have uh uh they didn't even have fm radio or cable or anything like that over there then it was uh hmm. a lot different in 1980 it, it changed in about 10 10 years but uh they were kind of behind a little bit. Um But it was it was it was a blast. It was fun and uh all the amazing Rhythm Aces shows were always fun and just about nearly every one of them was sold out yeah. up to the very end. Last one we did was in Muscle Shoals over at Cypress Moon Studios. Oh, yeah. Used to, be, used to be Muscle Shoals Sound number two on the river. It was a National Guard Armory for a long time. And yep. the Swampers uh, bought it after they moved out of the small studio on Jackson Highway. But uh, they had shows over there, and that was our last show. Mm. And, uh, wow. Just every one of them was packed.
1: I've spent a lot of time over there writing songs with uh Mark Narmor. He's a friend of Great mine.
0: Great writer, yeah. I know Mark well. I've done sessions with him.
1: Yeah, me and him, we've wrote a lot of songs and we're we're pretty close. He uh
0: Yeah, he's, he's Spooner Oldham's cousin and, He uh, is. heck of a keyboard player and guitar player, singer and songwriter too.
1: Yeah. He he he's a character too. We've had some funny times over there. Uh I love going over there. I don't get over as much as I used to, but Oh, uh, I love it over there at Muscle Shoals. He's got an office over there yeah he rents an office yeah, out it. of there um well i mean what what got you interested in music? I mean, what was the first thing that ever got you interested in it to wanna learn to play well, or play
0: or um We had, uh, my dad got, uh, upright piano in the house that really got me interested back in the late fifties when I was about five, six years old. Just tinkling around, you know, trying to play, uh, Floyd Kramer or Ray Charles, uh, boogie woogie type stuff as a, as a kid, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was fun to try. Uh, my dad was a sax player. My mom played clarinet and the marching band in high school. And they were, they loved music and loved listening to records and dancing. And my, my dad played in several little dance bands that would play at at the officer's club or the, uh, South Jackson street orchestra in, uh, Tullahoma, Tennessee, where I grew up just an hour from Nashville. And he also had a a little five piece combo. It was, uh, it was a, a lady that played organ named Opal Wiener, <laughs> <laughs> Opal <laughs> Wiener and the five little hot dogs. And they, <laughs> they, they were hot. Uh, wow. She's playing, uh, kind of like big band stream down to a little five-piece you know quintet or something but huh. he was a heck of a musician and he inspired me more than anybody and but when you know when the beatles came out about 64 it turned just millions of guys on i was born in 54 so i was 10 when they came out and it just hit me between the eyes. I I said, well, uh, that's, that's what I want to do. You know, the hell with all this learning all this school stuff. I just want to, I just want to play drums or play bass or play piano or something. So I, I, I got real interested early and, uh, 66, I was 12. I did my first show. So that's been, uh, 55 years ago
1: Whoa, man i'm
0: 67 just turned 67 about a month ago
1: happy late birthday
0: i'm I'm happy to be alive and still playing you know so many of my friends from the hank jr days and the aces days you know they're dead and gone and been gone dead 20 years you know it's like i'm just feel blessed to yeah, still be able to play music and and have friends and get to spend a lot of time with my family. I've got four beautiful grandkids that take up a lot of my time when I'm not playing now, and it's a it's a pleasure and a blessing to get to hang with them. It's just uh, yeah, life pretty good for an old man, I guess.
1: Uh, how did you get with Hank? That Merle Kilgore set that up or what?
0: No. In fact, Merle Kilgore was not Hank's manager then. He, uh, uh okay. He's he still was just, a, just a sidekick and he kind of opened the show. Right. Uh,
1: Lamar. He had
0: a guy over there in, uh, uh in Alabama. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, Gary or Lamar.
0: No, Lamar was the band leader. He was a guitar player and he was uh uh married to Hank's stepsister, lucretia
1: You talking about J. R. Smith?
0: I'm talking about J.R. Smith was his manager when I got there. Okay. And then uh he found out something wasn't going exactly right with J. R. and fired him immediately and hired Merle. We were standing right there when he hired Merle the first time. And it had already been with him a couple of years then. But, uh, I was playing, uh, had already done the aces about five or six years and was playing on, uh, in Memphis, a lot down on Beale street. We'd backed up BB King and uh, Memphis slam and Al green and, me and the uh, Aces bass player and the Aces drummer and a guy named uh, Don McMinn, Papa Don McMinn from Memphis. And uh, he worked with John Mayall and Jerry Lee Lewis and Rufus Thomas and BB and a bunch of them. And we had a little four-piece band and playing around Memphis on Beale Street. And we were the first ones to ever play at the Rum Boogie Cafe on Beale right mm. at Beal and Third. It was one of the first First, they opened up down there in 84 after they uh, reopened the street. It was shut down for years. and They rebuilt it. Anyway, I was doing that, and uh, Hank's drummer, Bill Marshall, called me up and said that Hank had just fired Dixie Hatfield. Uh, Hank Jr.'s piano player got wild and, shot a TV and was out of control and the cops had come and took him off. And, uh, he had done it before one time. He's a great guy, but he had a little drinking problem. Like, well, I did too, but anyway, Dixie, uh, got fired. They called me and asked me if I wanted to do it. That was, uh, August, middle of uh, fir- first week of August in 85. And, uh, uh, I said, yeah, I'll do it. You know, because I knew Hank Jr. Was playing sold out shows. Oh yeah. Back then. And, uh, at that time he had 11 albums in the top 100 uh he had the number one record ain't misbehaving at that time um it kind of hurt me for one one thing was the day before he hired me I got a call from Bobby Blue Bland's guitar player want me to play with Bobby Blue Bland great blues player oh yeah singer. and I said uh <laughs> Let me, uh, let me think about it. And, and, and then they offered me this Hank job. So I, I kind of wondered, uh, if I did the right thing, but I think I did. Cause Hank was so hot at the time and money wise, it would have been, uh, quadruple what I could have got from Bobby Bland. And I, we played with a ton of people with both Cephas. I mean, we played with uh, Waylon a bunch, I mean with him yeah he'd come up on stage with us every time we played and get to back him and did tv shows and uh just tons of people uh that would come up on the jam with hank so um I did that 21 years, and then he decided he wanted to get a younger-looking band in 2006. Merle Kilgore died uh, two years before that, Mm -hmm. and Hank didn't have anybody helping him make good decisions, but he decided he wanted to get a younger-looking band Somebody had said, uh, "If you're going to compete with Little Hunter Hayes and Taylor Swift, you got to get a you need a younger band instead of them old guys."
2: My God!
0: So he let uh, me and Animal and and Ray and Mm. uh, Bill Marshall, uh, the Bama band, he let us all go and got people up there that could play, but they really didn't know. It takes a long time to learn about 90 albums worth of material. Yeah. Cause and he, he just picks them. He, he, there's no set list. He just pulls them out and he expects you to know them when he starts playing it. So,
1: right. And he'll try he to wasn't throw too you out
0: at first. He wasn't too pleased because they didn't know his stuff. Yeah. Like we did. I don't, I don't know if they do still, but, but we had 21 good years and that, uh, that's, that's a lot more than most musicians ever get to do at that level with a sold out packed house every night. Mm-hmm. I never once had to set up my stuff or tear it down because we had a road crew, uh tour bus or jets. and it was just uh, first class all the way. And he treated us, he treated us really good other than firing us for no reason. But ah what the hell, you know. Could be a lot worse.
1: I seen uh I can't remember how many a few years ago, uh maybe three or four years ago, I guess he was playing in uh Houston somewhere and Wayne, I mean Animal showed up and played sat in and played a song. Did you see that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, animal lives down there and, uh, uh, he came down to the show and got up and jammed a few with him.
1: That's probably the first time he's even talked to Hank since then, probably. I mean, since as y'all was let go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah, that was 2006. So it's been 15 years ago
1: okay i didn't yeah i guess so 15 years my goodness uh i always loved i mean i know he would try because you know we've talked about before he would try to play stump the band all time too and in the middle of a song just go into another one and just whatever on the top of your head you know
0: yeah yeah that's the way he liked to do it and, and we kind of could follow him pretty good you know when yeah. he He, uh, he was a blast and we had fun and no regrets. We never did anything to worth getting fired over, but that kind of hurt a little bit, but, ah, what the hell we got 21 good years. And, uh, like I say, that's way more than a lot of people ever get. So
1: yeah, it is.
0: I sure can't complain
1: what do you remember about going and filming the uh video with Van Halen for my name is Bo Cephas or was y'all on was y'all filming that
0: well we we were the we were the music on that track mhm it was a bama band live on hank live album oh yeah My name is Bo Cephas. We cut that record. It was a number one album and a number one uh video too. But uh the music is is us. The rest of it, uh the video, we're not in the video. But uh except for the music. Yeah. They were pantomiming us. Yeah. So they weren't really playing. They were. They that was us playing every bit of it. But uh, we we did get to hang with them several times, and uh, Sammy came out and jammed with us a few times. Sammy Hagar and uh, 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 Mike, the bass player, and uh, Eddie and uh, his brother, the drummer, uh, invited us to. Uh, a Van Halen show in Las Vegas and got to hang out and meet them. And, uh, we even got to hang with David Lee Roth a few times, but he, he had already left Van Halen by then when, when he was hanging with us, he wanted to come meet Hank and we got him up on the bus. And he didn't jam with us or nothing. He just came up on the bus and we had some cocktails and stuff back in the Ninety, sometime, but, uh, yeah, the Van Halen guys were real nice. Uh, I sure did hate to hear about Eddie having cancer. The tongue had to cut his tongue off, you know, I think. Yeah. And then right after that, that's about the time his wife left him. That's kind of, that kind of hurt, but, uh, uh, yeah, Sammy Hagar was really cool. He, he did, a. uh, One time he came to a show in somewhere in Northern California. And he brought Hank a thousand dollar bottle of wine. And then he said for the band, y'all just give me your shoe size. And I'm going to send you some Eddie Van Halen red rocker, high top black tennis shoes. I can't drive 55 logo on the side of them were his own custom little tee uh tennis shoe like kind of like converse uh high top all stars only they were solid black yeah and, uh, he gave everybody in the band a pair of them uh him and his girlfriend came brought Hank that bottle of wine, and then he got up and jammed with us and uh he had just recorded on uh one of Hank's albums. Sometime in the early nineties and Hank cut, uh, almost persuaded Mm -hmm. old, uh, classic, uh, David Houston country song. Yeah. Kind of rocked up a little bit.
1: Yeah. I remember that. It was on Lone wolf. I think.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Sammy, Sammy did that, uh, on the record.
1: Huh? I didn't know that.
0: And, uh, yeah, he came and, uh, guested it on the record. I think he sang a verse or played guitar or something. But, uh, we, uh, we may have played that live that night that he brought the, the wine mm. and, uh, uh, he was real nice. And, uh, Alex Van Halen, the drummer was real nice too. He came to a show in Vegas and, uh, the bass player came one time in LA twice and Vegas once he was Michael Anthony, the bass player, real nice. Then he gets fired. I don't know. I hated to see him get fired out of Van Halen. I I think Eddie Van Halen had his son playing bass Hmm. Wolfgang, but uh, Michael was the original bass player and did the, first three or four albums but he got the axe i hated to hear that but uh yeah it was fun days back in them days and
1: it it really seems like during that time in the in the from the mid 80s to all the way through the early 90s uh maybe through the whole 80s but especially during that time everybody In any genre of music, no matter how big they were, loved Hank Jr. and wanted to meet him, wanted to come jam, wanted to go to barbecue, you know, at his house or, you know, everybody
0: did. They definitely did. I I wish he hadn't gotten political about things. Uh, It cost him like uh, a bunch on that Monday night football. We did the very first one, the Monday night football fame that won a Emmy award. He, um, uh, uh, he mentioned something about, uh, uh, president Obama in a negative way. And it cost him the Monday night, The uh, ESPN fired him over it. But, uh, up until then, you're right. everybody wanted to hang with both cephas and let's let's drink some little whiskey, let's drink some beers, let's throw down let's party, let's do this, let's do that, and jam and yeah, kind of changed a little bit after he you know, sometimes when you get politics up involved in it, you go, you know, you're going to make somebody upset, somebody angry. So I, I, I kind of stay out of it. But uh, I, I learned my lesson from seeing him lose a million dollar job over it. But
1: I feel like after Merle died, too, after Merle Kilgore died, uh, something in him did, too. He just... I
0: think So he was like a dad that he never had and he gave him good advice and he would listen to him, but he would give him some suggestions and some good common sense. Yeah. Thing. I think if Merle had been alive, he, he wouldn't have let him fire the whole Bama band because he knew that we knew all the material and how hard it is to learn. Yeah. So many albums. I mean, I think he had 89 or 90, two albums or something. and It's crazy. I mean, some of those were greatest hits, but there's a lot of material, and, it, you know, it just...
1: And uh, a lot of y'all played on a lot of them records, too.
0: Yeah, we played on a bunch of them. I, I probably played on about 20-something albums, and Animal and Cowboy played on more than that, you know. But, uh, yeah, we had a big time. We had a huge big time and still trying to have a big time. I've been playing with uh, a blues artist from Clarksdale, uh, Santa area, Mark, the mule man, Massey. And, uh, he's really good. And he's, uh, was one of the youngest uh, blues artists on a Mississippi blues trail marker down at the Parchman prison down there. He did a couple of years in there and, uh, learned it from, uh, uh, David Kimbrough and uh, some other guys in there in the park. He was in the last parchment band. Uh, anyway, uh, we've been doing stuff the last since Hank let us go in 15 years or so and done three or four albums and, uh, um, uh, got a couple, got a couple ready to go. That's in the can. And, uh, Got a bunch more recording projects going with, uh, uh, possibly the Bama band.
2: Oh, good. Um, I'm glad to hear uh, that. Miss
0: Regina that, uh, sings from over here. And, uh, uh we played I for about 10 years. Uh, she's a great soulful, uh, singer. She didn't sing anything, but, uh, I won't cut a record on her. I'm going to have to bring her a wishbone and muscle shows and let Billy Lawson help me, uh, there you go. On her.
1: Yeah. No Billy too. And I wishbone
0: been, here lately. I've been doing the last couple of years. I've been doing a lot with this, uh, guitar player, singer, Anthony Zappa. He did, uh, George Jones and Mo bandy, uh, Uh, 20 years in Branson, backing up a bunch of different people. Uh, uh, Chubby Checker, he toured with the Platters. Uh, He was an artist for Hanna-Barbera. He's a talented guy and a great singer uh, and guitar player. And we've been doing a little duo around. That's where I've been working so much, just playing me and him. Yeah. Like old country at these little catfish places and little barbecue joints, you know, just to have something. Yeah. Have a few pastos coming in, you know.
1: Yeah. Gotta keep it coming in somehow.
0: It's kind of fun. good, that's for sure. Hell I've gained about fifty pounds. I quit smoking three years ago and I'm thinking, hell I'm you? just gonna just go full hog, I guess. <laughs> and <just laughs> chowing down and
1: that's a good thing you quit smoking, man. I that's I didn't know that. That's a that's a really good a good thing. I mean I've heard that's the hardest thing in the world to do.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It that and drinking. I got twenty seven years sober and that, that wasn't easy either. But uh
1: God bless you for that.
0: I just I can't drink. I can't have one and uh yeah. <clears throat> I had a collapse long. that made me quit smoking. That took that I wasn't even thinking about it before that. And I smoked 50 years, two packs a day.
2: Mm. Mm. So
0: it's a a miracle. I hadn't already had lung cancer and died, you know, so, but they're all right now. They're breathing good. I'm going to go one day at a time with it, but uh, I ain't planning on smoking or drinking. So I'm glad about that. I get to hang with my grandbabies more.
1: Right, That's what it's really about. Uh, that you were in, uh, close to Tupelo in Mississippi, ain't you?
0: Yeah. I'm 20 miles east of Tupelo. Did
1: y'all have any down tornadoes last night?
0: Uh, they, they had them coming through, but they were up about 10,000 feet. You know, they didn't drop down, Yeah, but they were spinning up there category three and, uh, big winds and. I don't think any of them dropped down. Um, uh, just a couple of days ago, they did too. I think it yeah. was, uh, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. They had them all day. I had to play new Albany, Mississippi that night. And that was one 20 miles away. the same thing, but they were real high up. Yeah. And the funnel didn't come down. Thank God. But, uh,
1: well, see, a lot of that stuff that y'all get, we get up here in northeast Alabama about an hour to two hours later.
0: I know. It tore the hell out of Birmingham over there and killed five, I think, didn't
1: it? Yeah, it did. But That's I always, so hard, man. every time them them in Mississippi, they're always stronger, it seems like, and then they'll weaken a little bit, then they'll get stronger again, and I always think about about y'all out there because i just i don't see have, have y'all ever been hit
0: no but we come close uh 2011 yeah when one hit smithville and destroyed i mean it just flattened it, it pulled it was category five it pulled houses up off the foundation And pull the damn carpet up off the, there was nothing left but concrete and no house anywhere, not laying in the yard. It took it off somewhere two or three miles away and dropped it out in the field. But, uh, it killed 11 at that one. And that's just 11 miles South of us between here and Amory. And that same one went over and hit Hackleburg, Alabama, tore it to hell, tore it to pieces, kept on going, and hit, uh, uh, I believe it hit Tuscaloosa and tore it all to pieces.
1: It did. Yeah, that was a rough one. We
0: there had was a-, a bunch of them, about 40 of them all over Alabama and Mississippi that day.
1: Yeah, it was, and... In- Two or three hundred people died in that. That was that was April 27, 2011. I, yeah. saw, I was at my uh, mother and stepdaddy's house during that, and was on the front porch, and I saw that damn thing down on the ground. I could see it, and it went across my granddaddy's old pond, and we could just see it go by. And then right down the road, it completely destroyed some of our neighbors' houses over there. They were all safe, but completely gone. Oh, it was a rush. So uh, and things ain't nothing to mess with, man. Yeah.
0: Mother nature. Ain't, ain't playing around.
1: No. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tornado season now, so we'll probably get all kinds of it, but, uh, maybe not. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you're playing so much still, uh, do you you keep in touch with Ray and Wayne and Bill and all them, the Bama Band boys?
0: Yeah, uh, we had an offer for an April date down in Houston. Uh, we just couldn't do it yet because of the pandemic and flying and guys not wanting to take the risk on uh, catching this old virus because Old guys, uh, you know, it don't do so good on us. But uh, uh, Ray had some uh, stents put in his heart, and he wasn't really ready to travel all the way to Houston yet. Uh, He's getting stronger and stronger. He did have some back surgery and had a hip replacement too. So he's Mm. had a rough time with with the surgeries uh animals been uh staying busy down there in in houston and bill marshall stays busy in memphis but uh last year we went up to uh no it was a year before last year we didn't do one show but the year before uh we went up to cleveland ohio and did a bama band show it was real nice uh uh, and it was Wayland's grandson opened the show for us. Way. Way Jennings, yeah. Yeah. It was nice not to sure. meet him. And, uh, yeah. He had, him. Uh, he had David Allen Coe's band. He he stole David Allen Coe's band. Uh, <laughs> they started playing with him. Now I think David had a car wreck or something, and he hired him away from him. While he was taking a break, but it was nice to hang with Way. And I knew uh, I knew his dad had just died. Uh, uh, Buddy, uh, Terry, Terry, Terry died, and uh, and uh, I know Buddy too. But they uh, they were like crew guys for Waylon, and I think Buddy used to do be the drum tech when I for back in the seventies, but. Uh, it was nice to meet Waylon's grandson. We we got to do a bunch with the, the aces with Waylon in the mid-70s, right when all that outlaw country stuff was going. Mm-hmm. And then with Hank, we did a whole bunch with him. Uh, Hank Jr. loved Waylon Jennings, and uh, uh, it just tore him up when he died. And, you know, Waylon – I had to cut his leg off right there at the knee there right before he died too. Yeah. Diabetes, I think. Yeah. It just was rough and uh, all of his band were friends of ours. It was just uh they were close with, with Waylon. and uh Uh oh.
1: I think that the Hank Jr. and friends record that he did in uh, Muscle Shoals is the first one that really he started, and that was before the mountain fall, I think, wasn't
0: it? It was right after he fell. Okay. It was after he fell and kind of got back going again. Uh, I
1: think that one is kind of the first you know one in that direction but i think that the new south is one of my me and shooter jennings are are pretty close and we talk about that record all the time and waylon and richie albright produced that record most people don't right. know that but man that's just a different record you know uh,
0: yeah i hated uh richie died just a couple of weeks ago yeah uh, he was a really nice guy and, uh, I got to hang with him a few times, uh, well back in the seventies. And then, then he left Wayland for a while. And, uh, I got to hang with him on a aces show. He was playing drums with, uh, goose Creek symphony. And we did a show up in Lexington, Kentucky, and he was on that. And it was fun hanging with him on that. Then he had, uh, Waymore's outlaws with uh, a few of the guys in in Waylon's band and yeah, playing around the last few years since since Waylon died. But
1: have you met Shooter? Uh,
0: not really. Uh, he he came to a, one of his dad's shows. Uh, I want to say it was at Starwood. In Nashville, yeah, back uh, maybe in the late '80s or '90s, he was kind of young. Now I remember when uh, he was just born when we were out on tour with the Aces playing with him in the in the '70s, sometime.
1: He's a good. He's a good dude. He, uh, like me, he's one of the biggest Hank Jr. fans on the planet. Um, of course, he's been around Hank, you know, in in one way or the other ever since he was born, right? But he uh he's got a lot of respect for Hank and and Hank Williams, you know, just like I do. We we talk about it all the time, I and mean, we 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 we're we're pretty well versed in the Williams family. Um, uh, but uh,
0: yeah, I'm a huge Hank Williams fan. I, I love all of ever track he ever cut, yeah. think like 143
1: of them, and man, was, uh, to be so young too, and right like that—that's
0: that's a little, that's mighty young to be checking out. And you always think of him as being older than that. Yeah, uh, I know he had such a such a uh, old soul, spirit, or something. You know, it just
2: yeah, he really he sings.
0: Did. You know, like a uh, cold cold heart uh-huh. or some of them just killer song. I mean, you, you don't think of him being in his twenties. No. this doesn't seem that way, but uh he was something else, man. I Hank I Hank Senior was uh old Hiram was something else.
1: Yeah. And he's respected by everybody in any genre of music. Just I mean, they know he's the real deal troubadour you know uh the real lyrics and stuff i mean man i you're right you don't think about him being that young i think people forget about that but i mean even when you hear him like you can get on youtube and listen to some of these old tapes and stuff like that he uh kind of little crowd banner you know like he's talking introducing the band making little jokes and stuff he sounds like he's a lot older than what he really was.
0: I know. I know.
1: Um, but, uh, I think, I think that Hank jr. Really. I can't imagine the hard time that he had being Hank jr. Especially with Audrey, you know, pushing, you know, like she did. But I think he, at some point he may, he finally accepted that it's okay. To still do, cause he still loves doing his daddy's songs and stuff like that. You know, y'all played them all time. I mean, hell, y'all would play. You heard
0: him when he was when he was a teenager. Oh yeah, and just trying to break into doing it after his mama uh, telling him to learn all his daddy's stuff, which he wanted to do. Yeah, then uh, then he goes out there. Doing his daddy stuff just to get the work, mm-hmm. you know, and then people coming up to him and going uh you know you were good, little safest, but your daddy he was just the best, and he heard that so many years that yeah, it almost like uh I don't know it' make you depressed or yeah just feel like, well, I'm never going to, how could anybody ever feel his shoes? And, but he, he pulled through and made his own mark. That's for damn Sure. You know, he, I think he, uh, he came up with his own little thing and used a little bit of his daddy and a little bit of this and a little bit of that came up with his own little style. I think.
1: Yeah. And I think Merle Kilgore, if it hadn't have been for Merle Kilgore, and y'all know, all y'all know, cause you was there every day. I uh, ain't wouldn't have had, you know, 10, 11, 12 billboard albums at the same time on the chart. I mean, people don't, uh, nobody had ever really done that to have that many records on that chart at the same time. That was unbelievable. I know. And the, they still wouldn't give him awards and stuff for a while. And then finally they had to. <laughs>
0: because, well, well, he was too wild, and, and uh-huh. people just were scared, you know, what's he going to do, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: If we get him on the show. Is he going to just uh, come out here buck naked or, you know, go <laughs> crazy? Just a little bit scared of him. And then then they, uh, they, they gave him a few awards. I think he won – entertainer of the year
2: yeah four or five, or five. times
0: and yeah four uh male vocalist and video awards he won a bunch
1: he he ever talked to y'all about you know growing up and how it was and just kind of get personal or was it just kind of business and joking around or whatever party
0: uh, a little bit of everything he didn't, he didn't go too much into anything negative or when he was younger, except he, he did mention a few times. Uh, he wanted to be, his name is Randall Hank Williams Yeah, and he was rocking Randall Mm -hmm. and, uh, like in the early sixties, you know, he kind of wanted to be like the white Jimmy Reed and kind of do bluesy type boogie woogie rock and roll stuff. You know, he didn't, he wasn't sure he wanted to just jump into the country scene because all the little gals liked that rock and roll stuff in the sixties and the R and B and the soul and R and B and the bluesy type stuff that was coming out. But, uh, yeah, he was rock, uh, rocking Randall and the Rockets. I think he was his little band he had then for he uh, when he was in uh, junior high school or high school and.
1: Uh, hmm y'all ever been down to Troy, Alabama?
0: He's got a place in Troy, and he's got a couple of places in Paris, and one in Montana um uh, he's got uh he may have a floor of the home he's got about five or six homes uh montana he's got uh he kept buying ranches i forgot it seems like he one time he had about 40 or fifty thousand acres up there he was buying adjoining farms you know that He had like about a 10 or 20 mile square thing was all his. We went up there a couple of times and hung out up in Paris a bunch of times over at the cabin and at his other house. And Mm -hmm. then he built a new house I got to go up, check that out good before he ever went in it. Uh, a friend of mine was, uh, working for him and took me and a friend on a tour of the place before I had any thing moved in. It was uh, really, really nice. And, but hadn't done too much down in Troy. Hadn't, hadn't been down there and hung on his place down there. I know his granddaddy was from down there, and that's why he wanted to. He likes to hunt down there, I know. and uh,
1: Yeah. He, I think old Bob Ritchie got some land adjoining his there, too, now.
0: Across the street, I think. or it's, Yeah. Yeah, Kid Rocks got him a place. I believe it's just down the road a little bit
1: yeah hank kind of got him into into that and he kind of fell in love with it too i think he's a good old boy ain't he
0: yeah yeah he is he's he's a lot more humble than you think and uh yeah he is really loves hank jr and mm-hmm. uh he was real nice to us and we we got to play with him many times out in LA and Birmingham. We did a national T V show, uh C M T uh Crossroads. Summer. I think Junior and Kid Rock did a special and
1: Yeah, I remember that. Crossroads.
0: Crossroads, yeah.
1: That was at the Wild Horse Saloon, I think. It's where y'all filmed that, wasn't it?
0: No, we filmed it at uh at uh uh Opryland. land
1: oh really
0: at the at the at the new no it, it was a, a theater uh, uh, the new rhyming over there at the Opryland. land oh the
1: new Opera house okay
0: yeah um
1: yeah that was that was uh i remember kind of when they first got together it was kind of surprising to me, but I've, I've, I've met Bobby a few times and we talk about Hank a lot and he's real cool, man. He's got his, he's really, he's got good manners and he just likes to mess with people, you know, but he's really a good person. Got a great heart, helped a ton of damn people and hadn't said a word about it. You know, that's what I like. Uh, but man, he's well versed, like like us, and and all that Boscia stuff. Um, Larry Doolittle. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about him. Most people don't really know who he is, uh, but
0: yeah, he died a couple of years ago. Bless his heart. He lived down in Troy too, you know.
1: Yeah. Did you had you kept in contact with him?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I had, uh, you know, until he he died a couple of years ago. But uh, he used to be the crew bus driver. He drove the crew bus for years. And then uh, the, the guy that sold merch for Hank Jr. was Eddie Pleasant. Hank let him go and got uh larry to start doing it so he got out from behind the bus and started selling uh t-shirts and merch for hank jr on the road and uh i guess he did that for 15 or 20 years they Mm -hmm. were big hunting buddies too they'd go deer hunting and turkey hunting and and Larry was down around uh, Troy. He would uh, kind of look after Hank's farm when uh, he was off the road. And but uh, he was uh, he was a good and big old boy. I mean, big D. He was a big four hundred pounder, but uh, he had a heart of gold. And yeah, he was funny.
1: A mutual friend of, of all of ours william johnson that lives oh yeah big big willem you know
0: big willem yeah oh yeah
1: big d which is what they call larry yeah uh they they were real close down there and real close williams told me a bunch of stuff too and they were him and larry talked probably every day that hit him hard i know when you lost him and i met larry gosh I've been around him about ten or eleven times, probably. Always real nice and real inviting, and just you know, whatever you want. And I, you know, it's uh, it's one of them things that's got to be weird just losing, losing these people that were such a part of your life. I'm not oh, to that oh, age yet, but i
0: we lost a bunch on the Hank Jr. crew. Uh, I mean a bunch—about twelve or fifteen crew members. Mm-hmm. I, I can go on and on all day listing them, but it's just a monitor man, the lighting man, the assistant monitor man,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Larry, road managers, uh, guitar techs, just uh, yeah. You'd hate to see your friends die. That's one of the tough things about getting old, you know. Uh was Vernon Derrick
1: still working for him when you joined?
0: Yeah, he was. He sure was. Uh He's, you know, and then Vernon died about uh oh about ten or fifteen years ago I guess but uh Yeah he uh he was working when I got there and had been with Hank, I think he got hired in 82, I got hired in 85, and then he uh, he let Vernon go in 88, mm. he fired Vernon. Uh, we'd see him every now and then, we'd be doing a Bama band show in Huntsville or birmingham and so he would just be he'd just show up a great fiddle player and mandolin yeah. player he could play guitar and work with uh um a lot of bluegrass artists uh he, he uh he was a character
1: He he's from arab alabama which is oh, just what? about an hour and a half probably from where i'm sitting uh Whenever Hank used to live in Coleman, that's, I figured that's probably how they met. So he got in with that, but, uh, I never got to meet him, but, uh, I would love to, I got a buddy that got to spend some time around him and said, you go in there and he got pictures with everybody you can think of, like not even in country music or just weird stuff, you know? And, I, and he said, I didn't really expect that. See that.
0: <laughs> but he was a character. Now woo, Vernon was something else. He, <laughs> he was bald headed more a, a toupee, And uh, I used to kind of joke him a little bit. He was tight. I mean, he he hated the tip. We'd go to a restaurant. We'd all be in there eating. He, 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 boy, he'd hate to leave a dollar bill. He just,
1: and That's one fun. time
0: we were, uh, at one of these fancy Hilton hotels somewhere, you know, those little bitty, uh, boxes of cereal that you can get, you know, you tear them open and yeah, he tried to order a half of one of that can i get a half of one of those uh... <laughs> she said no sir you have to get the whole box li- i mean just a little one serving box <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that's funny as hell A you know, half of one of them would be like two spoonfuls and that'd be it probably
0: Man, it's a mess he'd always ask animal uh, and he, he'd do his hand like this when he's, what are you going to wear tonight? <laughs> hey, Wayne, what are you going to wear tonight? Uh God. How- so that kind of became a catchphrase for a while. Everybody was asking each other, what are we going to wear tonight? You know,
1: <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever Hank would come over and sit down with you and play, you know, some Jerry Lee or going to go hunting tonight or whatever, how, how many of them Keys on your keyboard? Would he knock off when he <laughs> scraped it with his big cowboy boots?
0: Well, he did knock one off one time, but he uh he didn't he didn't bust them out too bad. Just, That's just surprising. one time he knocked a, a black key off. They glued it back on, but it's, <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, he had to do a little. Jerry Lee taught him play piano a little bit when he was a kid yeah so he liked to come over there and do that at least almost every night some nights he wouldn't do it but yeah yeah he could play pretty good rock and roll piano i think and you know wasn't the best you ever heard but he he could he could hang in there oh yeah pretty good you know
1: oh Wayne, is Wayne doing okay? Uh,
0: I hadn't talked to him in a few months. I, I sure hope so. I, uh, I hear he's working down there in Houston. He's been getting to see his uh, his son. He's got a I think about a seventeen or eighteen year old son that he hadn't got to see quite as much as uh, he wanted to. But here lately, I think the last few years, he has been able to get to see him. Him and his ex-wife are on better terms. And, uh, uh he was working, uh, with two or three musical groups down there in Houston, uh, country Jim and, uh, miss Leslie and, and then he's got, uh, he works for all well drilling company in the tool division, uh, oh. like they've got a shop that, uh, he, he's, he'll do for a day job sometimes to
2: Yeah.
0: He had to do that to where he could get the child support that, uh, they put on him, but I would, uh.
1: I'd love to have him on here and talk to him. I don't know if he'd be interested in that or not, but it'd be that'd be fun and talk guitars and stuff like that. And his style, I've always, me and my cousin, Josh, we've always been kind of uh, just took back by his style and his tone that he uses.
0: Oh, he's an incredible guitarist, my man. God. He can play anything, too. Yeah. It's not just... Uh... Yeah, you know, not just the uh, the Van Halen type, real fast type stuff. He can he can play, you know, Chet Atkins, uh, yeah, Merle Travis type finger picking, Doc Watson stuff as good as anybody. Right, country studio type stuff that uh, you know the the top guys play and. He's a he's a talented singer too, really a strong voice and a great songwriter too. He,
1: yeah. Uh well man, I'm sure glad that you're uh healthy and still working and doing good and uh I I really treasure that night in uh uh hell. Somewhere in Mississippi out there where where I got you.
0: Oh, there, Gore Springs.
1: Gore Springs, that's right. Uh I really treasure that night and we did we you came in and played with us and we had a uh That was fun. We had I think we played Ain't Misbehaving at Soundcheck and one of the uh subs went out and the the my uncle was the drummer and it was his equipment that was using, and he broke it down and opened it up and fixed it, I think. But <laughs> that was fun. I've still got that on video. I got that whole thing on video. Wow. That, that was fun that night. Man, that people's really into that. Uh,
0: I've played that same
1: joint a few times since, since then. Have you? I didn't know if it's still there or not.
0: It's still there, and uh, Jack Richardson still owns it, I think. Mm. And uh, Pat. Um, uh, they haven't been doing too much here with all, in the last year. You know, a lot of places are just scared to open because, yeah, it's, it's scary. I'm I'm thankful I've had uh, my COVID vaccine one and two. So, but I, I'm still you know going out somewhere. I'm gonna wear a mask just cause I I don't want to catch this stuff and die over it. But a lot of people are scared to get out and do stuff, but I think it's opening up more than we can get that vaccine in their body and it's going to get down to where it's going to get back like normal, I think, hopefully, and maybe in the fall.
1: Uh, oh. I'm, I'm ready to get out there and start playing again. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm itching for a – scratching i reckon just ready to get out there but uh yeah we'll uh if somebody calls i'll be there ain't nobody been calling so far um but it sure was good to see you again even if it is on a screen and talk to you it's the first time in have really talked besides a few messages here and there in a few years i'm real glad you're still out there and still playing and healthy and got your grandkids time with them and you quit smoking and all. I mean, that's, that's wonderful within itself. Uh, so just keep on, keep on rocking your show. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, Thank you for asking me to do it. And I I enjoyed the David Hammond show that you did with him and
1: David's good. uh, He's a good guy.
0: Really nice working with him over there at that studio. He's got really good ears and
1: he does yeah he he's got a uh i guess you heard it on there he's got he found that uh leon russell uh it, it was a live concert leon russell in the uh new grass revival um you have to watch it uh, i can't remember where he, whose house he found it at
0: well wow.
1: it's an interesting story and they're going to release it i think it's a it was an unreleased thing and it's pretty cool uh i've heard some of it but uh anyway man just uh stay healthy and stay safe and keep on keep on rocking and tell wayne i'd love to have him on here you know
0: i'll send him an email and see if i can get him to respond sometimes he kind of stays away from the yeah. face he's he's got a facebook page but he never gets on there And i try to Say something to him, and he just he did he's not real sociable sometimes, but yeah maybe maybe he'll do it, you never know,
1: yeah, it'd be fun uh well, I appreciate you appreciate you accepting the invitation to do it here, and even then even with your ten year old laptop like you said, it looks pretty good, so uh
0: Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it so much. And, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can cut another record. You never know. You'd be, I'd love to uh, pandemic and have plenty of time to write some songs.
1: Oh yeah. I have to
0: check out wishbone over there. Billy Lawson's got it going on over at that studio. Now he's got all new stuff and it's just,
1: yeah. I hadn't been over in a while, but he's actually got the microphone that Hank recorded family tradition on i sang a demo on that microphone one day because me and him wrote a few years ago and i hadn't been to wishbone probably in about seven years now but uh i love it out there it's real it's real nice but i didn't yeah, we know we got, got all new stuff, stuff
0: on my buddy mule man over there and uh I produced an album on this, uh, like a Southern rock gospel record on a guy, Steve Morgan over there and Billy helped me produce that. And, mm. uh, I'm going to try to get Anthony Zapp over there and cut a record. Miss Regina, and finish up the mule man album. We're going to do a Christmas album over there too. And, uh, good deal. I might do a, a solo record over there. If I can get the financing and it's like a, uh, uh booker t meets floyd kramer meets dr john kind of thing oh yeah i like it and i'm gonna get my grandkids on there the skunkingtons come out and play percussion on it
1: awesome i want to i want to hear that whenever you get it done uh
0: i'm gonna do it before i die i hope
1: (laughs) uh you got a long time left man you're just getting started Well, good to see you, man. Good to talk to you. Hope everybody enjoyed conversation here. And uh, you've been watching Picking It Out. And we'll see you next time.